Thanks for tuning in to Too Much Screen Time, a podcast for TV buffs and cinephiles who have no problem spending too much time on their screens. If you're looking for some in-depth conversation about the latest TV and movies, you've come to the right place. I'm joined by my co-hosts Alex, Shantae, and Dave. I'm Anselm. Let's dive in. Uh, hey everyone, thanks for coming back to Too Much Screen Time. So this week we're going to be covering a new movie that came out in the, in the past few weeks. Uh, it's called Free Guy. It's a movie that's directed by Sean Levy and it stars Ryan Reynolds. I haven't actually seen this movie. Dave, Alex, and Shantae went to go see this movie without me while I was on vacation. I'm clearly not sore about that and hold no uh, grudges towards them. We miss you, Anton. Oh, you did? Oh, wow, we thank you. you. We actually, uh, I mean, we separated a seat so that way you could, we, you were there in spirit with us. Oh, really? So you mean I can get rid of these voodoo dolls that I've made of you guys that I've been that, hooking? That's correct. Okay, great, great, great. Awesome. Cool, cool. Uh, those are now in the trash. And okay, so yeah, Dave. That Alex, explains my back pain that I've been having. Exactly. I think <laughs> that's what it is. Although it's weird because I had it in your foot. But anyway, uh, I guess everything's connected. No, so um yeah, this week, it, you you might be waiting to hear Shantae's voice here, but she actually was not able to uh, join us this evening. If you think about her, send her some well wishes. She's recovering from an illness, and she would definitely be excited to be here with us this evening. So yeah, Free Guy, tell us about it. Dave, Alex, what was the movie like? I like this movie a lot. Ryan Reynolds is the guy who could definitely bring people into the theater. And he definitely pulled me in wholeheartedly because I love Ryan Reynolds. I love what he's done with, you know, especially with Deadpool in the past. But, uh, you know, so I didn't really see any movie trailers for this film going in. So I kind of went in blind. But basically what it it is about for people who haven't really seen any trailers or anything like that. he basically plays this like non-playable character in this video game that people can kind of like roam freely and go on missions and it's just mayhem. And so he basically plays this non-playable character who is in this video game that becomes self-aware and realizes he could actually start making decisions for himself and actually go on missions. And he decides to be a good guy in this realm of just mayhem and chaos I absolutely loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. We were laughing and enjoying the ride the whole time. So I, I had a good time with this with this movie. Ryan Reynolds is just a funny guy. I don't even know if he tries to be funny. I mean, but to have um, great looks and be funny, the guy's got a lot going on for him. And I just, yeah, I love this movie. It was a blast and it's it was fun. It was original. I didn't know this for a lot of these, but there were some cameos in this film that made it even more uh, great. So a couple of them I actually picked out like the first one, if you haven't seen the film, definitely pause the next 20 seconds but and skip over it. But Hugh Jackman is in this movie. I, I actually figured out his voice, but he has more of a speaking role, but he plays the ma- this masked player in the alley that one of the main characters, Millie, goes to get information. The Rock is even in this movie in a cameo as a guy that gets pretty much blown to smithereens by uh, Ryan Reynolds' character. Tina Fey shows up in this movie. John Krasinski is in this movie. And of course, the grand finale cameo that just had the theater lit up was when he grabs, Ryan Reynolds grabs the Captain America shield because this is a Disney property. He can do that. And then it just cuts to Chris Evans watching him play on the character or play the character grabbing the shield. And he's like, what the heck? So they got Chris Evans to be in this movie as himself. That's pretty cool. Um, 
I'm definitely intrigued to watch this film, especially because I feel like there's a lot of really cool themes in this. You said he's a bank teller or something like that? Exactly. And he's getting robbed pretty much every day. And they have to, as soon as Lil Rel's in it, as like his best friend and security guy. And as soon as it. the bank robbery starts, rather than like trying to defend it, they just immediately drop to the floor. He takes his security belt off and they're like, here we go, another day at the office. <laughs> yeah, I kind of so like funny. that. I mean, that was kind of like um, his decision to basically change the stakes, right? Because normally he's a bank teller and he gets robbed. But this one time he decides to say no. And he like stands up in front of the guy who's robbing him and like steals his gun. And he's just like this boring guy who ends up um, making this one decision in his life. And he kind of realizes he can actually make a difference in the world that he's living in. So I, I really liked that. Um, I thought it's really cool because it's kind of like Westworld in a way where, you know, just like in Westworld with Dolores, you know, she's like a non-playable character, but she starts to become self-aware and she starts to make her own decisions and, um, and really see the destruction that's going on around her. Similarly with this one, Ryan Reynolds' character is just like that. You know, he starts to become self-aware. He starts to become like the world's first like AI, like artificial intelligence. And the whole real world is starting to notice this and they're like looking for him in the real world. Meanwhile, he's actually in the game. He's AI. Um, but of course, Ryan Reynolds doing Ryan, Ryan Reynolds things. He definitely has you cracking up all the way through. I feel like Ryan Reynolds always looks like he has just seen someone sit on a whoopee cushion that he placed in their seat. Like, like he, he's always like laughing inside of his head at some inside joke or some prank that he just pulled. If he brings that charm to this role, I'm totally there. Uh, and it's also interesting to hear about like a film where AI becomes sentient or, or self-aware and it doesn't result in utter and complete chaos in the real world. It doesn't result in robots taking over and using humans as batteries. Guess what, Anselm? Guess what, Alex? What? This is an original IP, but because it did really well, there's going to be a sequel. <laughs> they uh, weren't they weren't even planning to do a sequel but like the day after the box office numbers came out um because it's disney and you know disney likes that money uh ryan reynolds went to twitter and said and after three years messaging free guy as an original ip movie disney confirmed today they officially want a sequel woo who oh my gosh what do you think about that alex uh i'm a little annoyed to be honest i'm like why do we need another sequel in a world where there's a million prequels, sequels, and requels? I'm just, why can't people, why can't Hollywood just kind of like let a movie be a movie and just like let it be alone and have its success and then leave it as is? But now this is classic Disney just taking advantage of, you know, the analytics and they see, all right, where are the people tuning in? Where are people clicking? All right, let's make a million of these. And so now we have another sequel free city to then it's going to be called free world and then we're going to have a free galaxy <laughs> then we're going to have free universe and then we're going to have free multiverse and then and have, just free and then just and then just free and then it's free. going to be f and then it's going to be f9 <laughs> <laughs> f10 <laughs> uh because f9 just came out no um i got an answer for you alex as to why this is being turned into a sequel well, it's two parts. One, capitalism, as always. 
you know, J.M. Hollywood. I think that, that was that was the character I created a few episodes ago, right? J.M. Hollywood is trolling his, his mustache. Yeah, the massive oh, mustache, he, yep. Right, he's like, has one hand trolling his mustache. Meanwhile, he has two other hands rubbing together. So he's three-handed. Uh, <laughs> and he's rubbing his hands together like, yes, more money, more money. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, it's, it's capitalism. But then two, it's just like, it's just super risky to try to do something new and original if your goal is to make money if you're if your goal i mean and to be clear every film's goal is to make money any any every film that's not like just a piece of art being put into a gallery somewhere like if it's going through the hollywood system the goal is to make money and so if that is the goal then it's just really hard to make money off of new content these days i got a lot of thoughts about that but i mean dave you're telling us about an article you'd read yeah kind so of about would, this topic exactly i was reading an article by rebecca rubin from variety so she was basically talking about like original ip adult oriented stories and how they're just doing poorly at the box office and she was noting specifically around the new film that's still in theaters um reminiscence starring Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, and Tandy Newton. Shout out to uh, Westworld earlier because one of the, the, the writer-director is the co-writer of Westworld of this film. That movie had this wide North American release of 3,265 movie theaters, had a budget of over $50 million, not counting how much the actors are getting paid, right? And then the opening box office numbers came in and it made an abysmal, two million dollars with that wide release two million dollars like that is terrible she said that it would take roughly 110 million dollars worldwide to even break even and it made two million in its opening weekend so she was basically looking at you know is the original and unique film like does it have a place in the box office anymore and she noted that if you look at the top 10 domestic box office successes in their opening weekend this year I'm just going to list them for you. You're going to notice a pattern. We have number one, Black Widow. And then we have F9, A Quiet Place 2, Godzilla vs. Kong, Jungle Cruise, Space Jam 2, Free Guy, Cruella, The Suicide Squad, and then The Conjuring 3. And guys, what do all those besides Free Guy have in common? <laughs> Sequels. <laughs> Sequels, franchises, exactly. They're yeah, not also, two of them have Emily Blunt in them. Oh yeah, she's doing she's doing well. She's doing great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's what um, the article was alluding to, and it just made me, you know, it had me thinking: like, is is this is it over? Are adult IP oriented films in the box office in these wide release? Is that going to be a thing of the past? And maybe it was the pandemic that really pushed that. But people are going out to see these big these bigger blockbuster films. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, I've got some thoughts about that, but also just got to make sure I, I, I would not be uh, true to myself if I didn't mention that Noah Jupe is in A Quiet Place too. And <laughs> Noah, I know you're listening to this. I know you're the one single one-star review on our podcast page and you're heading for a spanking little boy. I'm just letting you know that like you're in trouble did you just threaten to hit a child <laughs> he he doesn't act like he's a child because every single role that he plays he's the smarmy smart alky little kid who thinks he knows it all and i'm telling you noah 
your head you're cruising for a bruising all right just letting you know Man, but you, uh, got, you got this real feud with this kid <laughs> yes it's it's very one-sided one day um, you're gonna have to interview him or something and so i know i know we're, we're gonna, gonna laugh about it we're, we're gonna laugh about it as he kicks my butt as i try to beat him up but i'm sure he you know he'll pay, he's a somebody, Hollywood star. He'll pay somebody to kick your butt <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly there'll be like hatfields versus the mccoys marvel versus dc Nas versus jc anselm versus noah jupe you know, that's, that's going to go down in history. Anyway, sorry for that tangent there, guys, but it wouldn't be a too much screen time episode without either some love for Tom Pelfrey or some hatred for Noah Jupe. But yeah, to answer your question, Dave, about like, where is the space for original content these days? As I mentioned before, like the goal of Hollywood, the Hollywood system is to make money. If there's one thing that this pandemic has done, it's, it's revealed the systems that are at play and their weaknesses and how these systems just aren't really working anymore. And I think that the Hollywood system is definitely, you know, not free from, from, from that. I think that like so much of this industry runs off of people being able to go to theaters, being able to buy tickets, box office sales. I mean, that's how you factor salaries for uh, these big, named a-list stars they, they don't ask for rarely will they just ask for a flat out salary they'll ask for a salary plus a percentage of the box office revenue and that's that's why scarlett johansson is suing disney right now is because of this push towards uh towards streaming and so if the goal is to make money your safest bet nowadays is to put some content out there that you know is going to make money Every now and then something pushes through. I mean, I think about like Knives Out, for example, like Knives Out is, has such a huge salary for all of its actors. I mean, you should look at Daniel Craig's salary just for Knives Out too. No one was expecting this movie to be as big as it was. Every now and then something like that kind of breaks out. I think it's a combination of your stars involved. It's a combination of like when in the season it is, if it's an Oscar movie, people are more likely to go out and see it and all that kind of stuff. So I do believe that there's still a place for that. But the space where these original stories are now being told, I think is going to be less and less in the theaters, at least for commercial purposes, and more on like streaming services. Independent filmmakers are happy to engage with the streaming services. They just want their movies to be seen. I think a lot of these stories are going to be told as TV shows. I think about a lot of like the very like original TV show concept and ideas. 20 years ago in the 90s, they'd be t- they'd be movies. Mary Beastown, easily a movie. TV show TV is the place for a lot of these these contents and so and and it's a place where they're making money. So I do believe that like it's not that these stories are going to go away. It's just that they're going to they're learning how to fit into different arenas. But you can see some of the angst that like these original um, film filmmakers, like some of the angst that they have, right, about how audiences and what their expectations and what they're gravitating toward has seemed to shift. Like what you said twenty years ago versus what you see now, it's it's pretty much franchise and comic book movies. You think that they're going to go to TV? Do you think there's also going to be maybe a jump in Alex way in here as well of some of these original filmmakers making that jump to? some of these properties and then you're going to see a decline in these original films or do you think there's always going to be a place for this original content these movies 
do still get play. It's just it's just the matter of like what the studios are looking for in in regards to how the film is received once it's put out there, right? So I think about, for example, The Irishman was a Netflix film. You know, it, it aired on Netflix, but it had a small theater run for critics, you know, for people who were interested in, in going to go see that. And, you know, it got a lot of acclaim. But then again, those are less about, that. that's less about making money in the short term and more about the long con of like, if we're the studio that gets to say, we won the Oscar last year for this, you know, Joaquin Phoenix film, then next year when we put out this other movie, people are going to flock to that or whatever. So I think it's still out there. It's just, it's just like, we're going to be seeing a lot more of what makes money. And in the state where we are, it's these franchises, it's this existing IP. Yeah. I think it's due to a lot of different circumstances. I mean, obviously with the growing streaming wars that we are having with Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, HBO, you know, Peacock, you name it, it's becoming easier accessible for people to just kind of like stay in their in-home theater, right? And enjoy movies that way. Meanwhile, I feel like uh, like original IPs and original ideas through film and short stories and documentaries, I feel like the platform has been the greatest it's ever been in history. I feel uh, with all these different film festivals and all these different agencies and organizations to kind of help fund these small, you know, individual projects, indie film projects. A24, for example, one of our favorite production studios is just willing to fund these original ideas. And I, and I think, however, these aren't going to theaters, right? I, I think, it, you know, the pandemic definitely had an impact on it. Sadly, it's, it's becoming easier to just, you know, stay at home. And, and I'm guilty of this too, right? Is uh, when I see a movie trailer for a movie I want to see, I'm like, you know what, this one looks like something I'm just going to watch on Amazon rather than spending $15 to go to the theater. And then especially for a lot of other people who have families, you know, going to the theater is very expensive. You have to, you know, if you have a child, you have to hire someone to, you know, babysit your child. You have to uh, get an Uber, you're buying snacks. You know, it's a really big expensive thing, especially with theater tickets being $15 a pop. And so I feel like people usually want to go to the theater for a sure win. And these IPs and these sequels and these prequels are a sure win for people because they're like, I know what I'm getting myself into rather than, you know, potentially spending a lot of money for this critically acclaimed film that I'm not really going to enjoy. I, I think sadly, it's just the world that we're living in right now. That's a really good point, Alex. I think that like movie movie date night is literally like 50 bucks almost. People are like, I, if I'm going to spend $50, I want it to be a sure thing. And I know that Marvel will not disappoint me you know, although Black Widow was a huge disappointment to me. But anyway, I think that's that's where that is. From my perspective, going to the theater is not, it's never been about making sure that I'm putting money towards like the, the studios. For me, it's like, I'm putting money towards the theaters themselves. AMC, regal showcase they'll they'll be fine they'll they'll, they'll they're they're figuring it out they made it through they're they're gonna they're gonna work and if they fall apart eh, that's big corporations i don't care but like you know coolidge corner theater in boston massachusetts right like landmark theaters in cambridge those are places where i would go to catch like the the latest you know indie films sometimes they had the big blockbusters there like that sort of experience like the independent theater as a place of like cultural contribution like 
that is what's at risk with the theater and that's that's why i personally am like hey whatever brings people to the theaters to to like to keep those things alive like let's let's do that but today with streaming with like youtube even with with tiktok there are plenty of uh, avenues for independent filmmakers but really original stories to get their content out there so I guess for you guys, like, is there a solution to saving those IPs, those original ideas, those indie films? How do we do it? I think that if what we're seeing with, like, even this week, you're seeing with Reminiscence and The Protégé and The Night House, films that are getting these wider releases are not doing very well at the box office. I, I feel like that can't continue, right? You can't have a studio lose 110, <laughs> 80, 70, 80 million dollars each time a film comes out. So for sure they need to shift or they maybe they need to market the heck out of it a little bit more. I mean, Free Guy was, the marketing team deserves all of the credit because they found <laughs> amazing ways to keep that film on people's radar all the way up to like a few weeks before the film was released. They had Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool watching or doing a reaction video to the trailer. So either ramp up on the marketing for these films so that people know that they exist, especially if money is a big deal. If you don't know that it's out there or you don't really know if you're gonna like it or not, you're not gonna go to it. Well, then you're not, I mean, you're not gonna go to it, right? So marketing is a way to do it. Or like what we've already talked about, make it a series, I guess, or shift it to a streaming service. But Anselm, you kind of, kind of alluded to when that happens, you're not maybe getting as much money in the actors' pockets. Is that correct? Well, it just depends. Like, it, it just means that they'll need to renegotiate their contracts. Brad Pitt, for example, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he probably took a percentage of the box office because right. he's such a strong box office draw. But like now, I think actors are going to be looking a lot more for uh, just flat salaries, um, you know, because the, and, the box office is not guaranteed. And that's Knives Out 2, right? That's Netflix now. Is it is Knives Out 2? Isn't that a Netflix film? Didn't they get See, a I didn't even to, know. I didn't even know that, but yeah. Alex yeah. is shaking his head. Yeah. Yes. Didn't they, they, they have sequels, right? Planned through Netflix. Yeah, I believe Netflix ordered like two sequels um, Daniel, so far. And Daniel Craig, it was just announced like a week or two ago. Like he's going to get like, what was it? Like a hundred million dollars or something? Yeah, I think it's like a hundred million dollar contract over the next few movies. So I guess that's what you're saying, right? But that's also like a franchise. I'm talking about like independent, like these independent. Yeah, it was was an original content when it came out. But it's it's also a highly successful film. I'm talking about like original IPs. Is there going to still be that like, I don't know, that bargaining power versus like you said that it was always a caveat that they'd have the box office draw, like, oh, we're going to take a percentage of the box office. Well, now we're going to have an original IP. Is the star, the star's not going to get $100 million for an original IP at Netflix. Um, right. I mean, I, I think this is where it really like, if Brad Pitt decided to do a film for basically free, because he totally can at this point, like, that would that guarantees that his, like this that this film is gonna draw people to to see it and like it may not necessarily like give him tons and tons of money but one he's like I'm sure that he's not really hurting for that right now and if he needed that money he could just do a different blockbuster movie and and get all that money back but like if he's like okay I'm gonna forego a salary so I can lend my star power towards this really really cool idea that I that I really support which. He, he, he has from his producing role, Plan B Entertainment, they did like Minati. He didn't star in it, but like 
that's his company. He put money and backing towards that. And that's a draw for people. If you really want to give filmmakers, new filmmakers an opportunity, take, take a pay cut every now and then and back their films. And you're going to, you're going to see people drawn to them. I just don't see actors being happy. Not everybody can go to a blockbuster and like have that out, like have that out. And if they're not getting a, a say in the box office, because there isn't one, I don't know. I guess it's how many films you can have to do before you start making a little bit more cheddar, right? And that to me is like, yeah, great. Like I, I, I really, I, I love Daniel Craig. He kills it and everything, but there's no reason why he should be getting a hundred million dollars for however many Knives Out films are coming up after this. But the reason why it happens is because of this system and and the, the capitalism behind it and why these guys are, are making literally millions of dollars the system's not really going to change if it does change it's going to change not for the it's going to change for the good for certain people but not for everybody right right unless unless people force it to change and that's kind of or, or something forces it and i think that's what they're grappling with with this pandemic well, this has been a really great conversation uh, about, about Free Guy. We spent about maybe 10 minutes talking about Free Guy and then about 20 minutes talking about the future of the movies. But hey, that's what too much screen time is all about. You know, we dig in, we get into the character's psyche. We talk about like how this impacts and influences our culture and our society. And that's what we did today. Offline questions I'll have for you guys. How did Jodie Comer do? Villanelle from Killing Eve. How was Taika Waititi? I feel like some of his recent performances, I feel have been over the top. Was he okay? In this? He was over the top. He was over the top. Include that in this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> because that was, that was the uh, first thing that Shantae, yeah. Shantae said when we exited the theater. He felt like, well, I don't want to use her word. I don't remember exactly what she said, but it basically got alluded to like, was he overacting? <laughs> he definitely yeah, I mean, like was overacting for sure. That's kind of his thing now. And I'm like, uh, from the trailer that I saw, I was like, oh boy. You know, Lil Rel, is his acting chops getting better? I think so. Have you seen Bad Trip? Go watch it. But anyway, those are questions that we can talk about offline. Or if you have thoughts, listeners, you can uh, write into us, comment on our social media posts. We'd love to hear from you. Please go take two seconds and at least like rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can give it from one to five stars or sorry I, I'll, I'll cut that part out guys you can give from five to five stars <laughs> um you can and, and and if you have some time drop a, a comment for us let us know how we're doing let us know how we can improve ideas you have for future episodes we would we'd absolutely love it uh until next time this has been too much screen time talk to you later thank you for listening to too much screen time you can follow us on twitter and instagram at tm screen time or email us at tmscreentime at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So in the meantime, keep watching those screens.